center. And if you can do one thing for yourself each and every day, I'd like you to have grace for yourself and know that you are exactly where you're supposed to be at this moment in time. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. All right, let's go and get started here. It's, uh, it's that time again. I am a professor of perseverance, Dr. James Purdue. Thank all of you for coming in and listening, coming in on the replay. This podcast couldn't be made without well, it could be made, but it wouldn't be going on if it wasn't for you listening and inspiring me to get other people's messages out there to help you. So again, thank you for coming in on the Professor of Perseverance podcast. Hey, today our guest. Well, let's say that she had a transformation. And wouldn't you know it, it was because of a, uh, uh, what do you want to put it, a challenge, an adversity, a difficulty. It was a survivor of a traumatic car accident has put her on the path where she's at today and has uh, transformed her life. Welcome to the show, Jennifer Plotis. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here today. Yeah, you say that now, but you you you're going to regret it when we're over with, right? <laughs> Never. No. There I love your go. energy. I love your podcast. You are serving so many amazing people around the world with your message and inspiring hope and I just I love everything that you're doing and it's wonderful to be a part of it. Well, and I appreciate it again. Again, uh, it went for you and other people listening and other guests, you know, coming in. This show, people would get tired of just hearing me. So uh, <laughs> I decided, uh, you know, let's open this up and let's get a, do a platform, do my one good deed for today and open up a platform for people to get their message out so you can help hundreds of people, thousands of people in years to come. I think that that's amazing, and it's just so great that you're doing this. Well, Jennifer, again, thank you for coming in and sharing your time with us, and uh, a valuable time, I'm sure, too, as well, and so, um, and, and the people you're going to be helping. So let's go ahead and get started here. So transformation. You had this car accident, survivor of this car accident, dramatic car accident, so if it was your beginning point of your transformation, what was Jennifer like beforehand? Jennifer was determined to climb the corporate ladder, determined to make X amount of dollars, determined to buy a house by X age, determined to be married and have children by X, you know, was following the program that social media set out there, was following the program that we were all told, you know, growing up, this is what you do. And so I was going to excel. I was going to go above and beyond. And I was just, I mean, I can remember telling my mother, yes, like, I, sure, I'll get married and have kids one day, but I'm going to need a nanny because I'm going to be really busy with work. And she was like, "That you'll never do that. Like, you could never. And I said, oh, no, 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 I'm too busy. Um, so I was really headstrong and I knew what I wanted. I was passionate about the industry that I was in. I was in the retirement industry. I had been working in that since I was 15 years old. I worked myself all the way up um, into an executive uh, and an executive position. And 
you know, sometimes you just get caught up in your head and you get caught up in what you think you should be doing or what people tell you you should be doing and you lose sight of the heart of things. And that really happened for me. You know, when I started in this industry, I loved the residence. I was in the assisted living and then the independent aspect of it. I loved, I started as a waitress at 15. You know, I climbed that ladder. I went into marketing. I absolutely adored it. I love the residence. I was very pro um, and, you know, pro for the residents, pro for the families. And so what, I, and then pro for marketing. I mean, I, I could do it all. I didn't understand the complexity of what it meant to go into the executive position. I knew I just wanted it. That's what I was doing next. And what I didn't realize was that the moment that I stepped through that gateway, there was a door that really closed between you and the residents and the families. And I didn't do well with that. And, uh, and I struggled. I mean, I really tried to buck the system. I wasn't the normal executive. I would be on the floor with the residents, with families. And that was a no-no at the time, at the place that I was working. And so it, it, you know, I always say you can have all the plans you want and God sitting back and going, let me know when you're done with that plan so that I can, you know, really put your plan in place. And I think, you know, this was such a huge blessing in disguise when I look back at it, when, you know, when the car accident happened, I was actually on my way home. I had moved out um, out West. I was living in Boulder, Colorado. I grew up on Cape Cod. So I was a little country bumpkin. You know, I was out there in Colorado. I loved it. I loved Boulder. It was beautiful. And, you know, I had the, the right car, the right everything. You know, I was just playing into that executive role, but I wasn't happy. And I can remember days I would call home to my mentor who I had worked for crying, going, oh my God, like these people hate me. They don't respect me. I was very young. I was maybe 24 years old. So no one was respecting me in that position. And, you know, looking back, I don't quite blame them. I wasn't, I was not set up for success when I was brought in for that position. So that didn't help either. So there was a lot of things, you know, going on as there always is. And, um, you know, one day I was driving home and I was going from North Glen to Boulder. I was at a red light. And I looked up and I could see this car barreling at me in my rearview mirror. And the, your first instinct is you look right, you look, where can you, there was six lanes of cars. There's nowhere for me to go. And the next thing that I remember was that there was a police officer at my window. And I just remember thinking, my God, they got here so quick. Well, when you look back at it, clearly I was probably knocked unconscious for whether that was a hot second or something. And the police officer that was at my window was actually the man that hit me. And rear-ended me. So he was on his way home. So he was dressed, you know, he was still dressed in, in his official um, capacity, but he was in his own car. So um, it was quite traumatic. I had internal soft tissue damage from head to toe. Um, obviously, there was concussion. You know, it was just, I was a hot little mess, to say the least. It just, I mean, I remember they took me to the hospital in an ambulance. And because um, I remember my mom always saying, like, if you're in an accident, you no matter what, take the ambulance to the hospital. So I did do that, which was a blessing because I wasn't in my right state of mind. And I remember my girlfriend, I had a best friend that moved out uh, to Boulder with me. She showed up at the hospital and I was hitting on the doctor. I mean, if that doesn't tell you, like, I mean, this poor girl was just not in her mind. And so I ended up in doctor's offices for about eight hours a day. And it was very intense. Um, there was a lot of pain. There was a lot of cognitive issues. For instance, 
if I were looking at a bowl of fruit, I would say, could you hand me that apple? But I would mean the orange. So there were, there were some missed triggers going on. And so there was a lot of, um, a lot of doctors, a lot of time off. So I wasn't in my uh, working capacity at that time. The blessing is here being in Boulder, Colorado, you're in the Mecca of holistic alternative care. Coming from Cape Cod, I was not familiar with any of this. You know, it was, it was way, you know, things that that back in the day hit Cape Cod much later. Um, so I didn't really know. So I experienced all these amazing modalities. I experienced cranial sacral, you know, chiropractor, you know, massage, healing, Reiki, acupuncture. Um, I think we were even doing NLP, you know, and I remember a doctor saying, you know, you don't live in your body. We got to get you in your body. And I thought, wow. And that really has always stuck with me. And it's made sense over the years as, as different things have, have transpired. And that's, I was at a chiropractor's and I wasn't getting relief. You know, the pain was there and they referred me to a Pilates trainer who specialized in rehabilitative care. And that is what got me on my journey to Pilates. And from her, I started taking Pilates and advancing myself at a school that was out there called the Pilates Center in Boulder. And so I rehabbed for a year. I went back, I mean, I probably went back to work, I think it was about four or five months later, but in a minimal capacity. I think I was only working three hours, three hours a day maybe. Um, and so Pilates really became my life. And learning the history of it, learning from Joseph Pilates, who really believed in this body, mind, spirit connection. This is what, you know, many in the spiritual world would say, wow, she really had this spiritual awakening. Like she really, and I say, yeah, God came in and say, hey, you were heading down the wrong path and let's just straighten you out a little bit, literally and figuratively. And so it truly changed my life. Um, that's when a lot of gifts that I was not aware that I had really began to blossom. That's really when my empathic gifts came out, my intuitive gifts. I may not have understood everything at that time, but I was well aware of kind of what was going on. Um, whether or not I could really discern or work with it was something different, but it brought me to that capacity. And then lo and behold, when you fast forward, I ended up getting out of the corporate world. I ended up becoming an entrepreneur. I had, because I was in physical therapies and doctor's offices so much, you know, you really couldn't have a quote unquote normal nine to five job at that point. I worked jobs I would have never worked. I was an incredible wedding and event planner for this beautiful restaurant in Boulder was one of the highlights of my life. I enjoyed it so much. I worked for a beautiful little Italian restaurant being their hostess. I mean, I just did all these amazing things and I started to dabble in entrepreneurship and then through going, you know, and still having my rehab at the Pilates Center, I had remembered one day a teacher, someone didn't show up and someone said, well, geez, you know, half-assed joking. Well, Jennifer's here every day. Surely she could, you know, she could teach it. No, okay. I did not. I Right. I did not end up teaching that day. But what that did was it planted the seed and the teacher looked at me and said, you should really come to school. Now, here's your other blessing. So back in that day, I, I was blessed with an attorney for the uh, car accident, covered all my medical bills. That was beautiful. And I had a little bit of money that was coming to me. And don't you know that God blessed me with just enough to go to the Pilates Center. So, sorry, I get a little teary-eyed. <laughs> so no, that's how yeah, it all no, started. No, that's, 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 how, that's how it started for me. And the school was a year for me. 
And then at the end of the year being um, of school, there were things that were going on in my family back east. And so I was then being guided back east at that point in time. And so I went back to Cape Cod at that time. And, you know, I did my best at trying to, you know, advance, you know, Cape Cod into this spiritual world that it just, it was not ready for me. (laughs) It was not ready for that at that time. But it was beautiful, and my niche really fell into my lap of being this rehabilitative specialist. And also, I you know I really worked with a lot of seniors over the years. So I always say my clients were from eight to eighty eight. You know, there was all sorts of wonderful people in between, men and women, and celebrities and professional athletes have always been my niche. You know, if someone was broken, if someone had something that needed to be fixed. I was their girl. So they called me, whether I was on the East Coast or out in Colorado or when I was in California or Arizona. I mean, that was that that's always been, you know, my niche. So it was a blessing. And it really developed my healing abilities and my empathic abilities over the years. So there was so much more going on than a typical Pilates training rehabilitative session. Now, let me go ahead and tell you right now, there's no crying on my show. So get them weepy tears out of it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah no, if, you, if, you, if you get emotional and cry, only thing it's going to do is make me get a little wet eyes. Okay. So, because uh, I'm an emotional person. So, yeah. uh, uh, all right. But uh, hey, let me ask this question here now. You mentioned God a few times. Were you spiritual, religious? Were you, you mm-hmm. a God believer before your injury? Did that develop mm-hmm. over? the uh, car accident because you've talked about being blessed and I'm, I'm a believer like you and it's, it doesn't happen all the time or, or it may be how we perceive things, but sometimes we need that little kick in the butt to get us back on the right path. Not to say the, the car accident. I mean, surely God could have got your way, uh, your, 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 your attention a little easier, but you said it was a blessing after mm-hmm. all. And same thing with me with my injury. Um, I got my neck broke playing football. And so um, I tell people it ended up being the best thing for me because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, who knows if it wasn't for that, I, I'd be laying underneath the river bridge, a homeless looking for my, my next meal. Who knows? We don't, we don't know uh, because where we've survived from and where we came from. And so yeah, question was, you know, you're a believer before uh, this and it just kept improving or, you know, from you from there? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I actually grew up in a very Catholic family. Um, everyone went to Catholic school when they were young. I did too. And then on, my family moved. So I switched. So there was always God around. I mean, I, I have an aunt that was a nun. There's someone else in the family that was a priest. So there was always a lot of that. I didn't necessarily resonate or always understand it though. You know, the way old school, the way we were brought up with, with um, Catholicity at that time. So I would say what this brought me is to that place of being a real spiritual person and still maybe not understanding where I was at, but I sure as heck knew that there was something bigger than me involved in all of this. And even though, you know, I mean, many people go through lots of um, different, you know, traumatic events in their lives. And we don't always see it at that moment. It could be a week later, a year, 10 years later. And you go, wow, thank God for that. You know, God was really on my side there. And so my relationship has grown and developed so much um, since then. And then when you fast forward through my life three years ago, there was another traumatic uh, medical event that transpired. And I, I definitely 
I mean, I had been so close with God prior to that, but boy, let me tell you, I mean, we are such BFFs now at this point. It's just like, there you go. That's right. You know, my angels, God, I talked to, I always tell people like, if you see me talking and it's just me, like, that's okay. Like God's with me, my angels, I'm just talking to everybody. Like there we're just go. having, we're having a meeting. <laughs> it was so saying it's okay to talk to yourself. It's when you answer yourself, they say it's a problem. <laughs> exactly. So, but, uh, but again, when you're answering yourself with your angels, there's nothing wrong with that. So mm-hmm. Jan Fansler, thank you for coming in. Hey, Jan, uh, this is Jennifer Pilates and she's going over her story. And to help us, Jen, uh, actually, Jan's been on the show with me before, and she's a cancer survivor. So, Jan, thank you for coming in. So, all right, now let's just get into this here with um, your trans. Now, here's what would have been one of my first thoughts after the accident, after going through a lot of the doctor's appointments you're saying. I would have been concerned that I would be one of those residents that you were taking care of mm-hmm. uh, and being that same building was what I would have mm-hmm. thought of, you know, because when I had my injury, one of the first things that popped in my head was JT. JT, I met him when I was 12 or 13, 14 years old. I would visit my grandfather in the nursing home. But one day I went to go visit and a man hollered for me, uh, two rooms up from my grandfather and went into his room and he asked me if I'd hold a glass for him to get a drink of. He was paralyzed from his neck down from a car accident. And so when I was laying on the field paralyzed, I, that's first thought in my head, I'm going to be in a nurse home at the age of 19. So did this thought ever cross your mind that you might be a resident of where you may, maybe not the same place and someone is going to be helping taking care of you? You know, it didn't. But what was what's interesting about what you're saying is that it takes me back. And I didn't mention this at the time I I had been specializing in Alzheimer's disease and I was a part of building a special building down to the colors and the carpet and what is what helps them thrive. And so after the accident and after I came back to work, there were still a lot of people that didn't understand how not well I was because I was with those residents every day. So I could really, you know, I didn't realize how much I was faking it. But so, I mean, I guess I really was there. I mean, I was with them and that's where I held. But I would say the, you know, it never came to my mind worrying, thinking like, oh my gosh, this, that, that never, it never entered my mind. What's interesting is I find that when I was specializing in Alzheimer's, it came back to help me later in life because then my mother, my grandmother had contracted that disease. And so I find that, you know, there's all these different roads that weave in and out of your life that you don't always understand until later on. And I do believe that every adversity, as difficult as it is, that is transpiring, and I like to say for you, right? Not just to you, it's happening for you, Mm -hmm. will eventually help someone else down the road. And we don't necessarily see it in that moment and at that time. And so there was a lot of that. But no, amazingly enough, I never thought, oh, this was the end of the world. And I guess because it just really started this new journey. And I think at that moment, I also didn't realize Thank goodness for all those doctors, because I don't think that I ever acknowledged how serious things were at that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
and uh, mentioned Alzheimer's here. I'm not, I'm just going to come out and publicly say it. I don't have Alzheimer's, but I do have some timers. And so uh, we go from there. Um, do you think that you possibly working in that field helped you as you're going through your situation uh, with all the doctors, with your memory, with your body healing and everything as a, uh, which you did to help prepare you for this. For example, I think sometimes we go through things in life to prepare us for later on to what possibly could happen. For example, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, I'm visiting my grandfather in a nursing home, helping him get in a wheelchair, helping him get out of the wheelchair, helping him in bed. And what did it do? Prepared me and my family for what I hate to say, me becoming in a wheelchair. And so there is, you know, so I think sometimes, like I said, do you feel that possibly working in that field prepared you and made you realize what's going on and, and what you need to do to get better? I would say most definitely. You know, I learned at a very young age and a blessing that you have to be your own advocate. No one else in this world, and especially after the last two years, I would hope that everyone has gotten this message. You must be your own health advocate. You must be your own advocate every day of your life. And so that's what that that gave me. You know, that advocacy to know that if this doctor didn't work, I went to this doctor and I tried this and I tried this and and I was open. And that was the key. I was open to all these different modalities, like I said, that I, I hadn't either known about or never had the opportunity to experience. And it just brought me onto this amazing holistic pathway. So it, it again, lots of blessings, lots of learning lessons. Uh, but, you know, it really, if it wasn't for that moment, I wouldn't be where I am today. So I'm Amen, grateful sister. Amen. Right. Amen. Amen, sister. All right. So, um, now, when we get to here, you know, you got you got me going here with the flow, and then I've, I've started my sum timers again now. But um, what I was going to say, oh, what I was going to say is, what was I going to say? Good gracious. Uh, you was on topic with me, and I tell you what, while I'm thinking about it, let me ask this question here. You, I, you seem like a very positive person. Were you this type of positive at uh, before your injury? Or before no. the car accident. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I will say this. People always called me Pollyanna, who, you know, Pollyanna is always going to make everything positive and this and that. But really, it it came after my car accident that there was that mindset shift, that there was this health shift. There was so much that I didn't know in life that really became precious to me. And so I feel that, you know, maybe I was, I had it in me, but... I definitely became more so after the fact and more so years to come from them. You know, I think you're always learning and you're always kind of, ha you have those pitfalls. You just don't wake up one day and go, oh my God, it's so sunny in the middle of a cloudy day. You know, you have your moments and you're like, what in the heck just happened there? Um, but it's always, you know, there's always a blessing in everything and it takes a minute it might take biting your tongue. It might take holding your breath. You know, it might take walking out of the room to see that blessing, but there, it's always there. And I think that that's something important to remember and to remember again that, you know, these are events and things. Yes. In that moment that happened to us, but the key is very quickly within 90 seconds, learning how to look at why is this happening for me? Is it a blessing or a curse? Mm, it's our I'll perception. 
All right. For example, here had this one friend of mine. He said one day, he said, look, I found a $20 bill. He said, man, God has blessed me today. I said, well, it depends on what you do with that $20 bills. You know, if you go and buy shoes you need, food you need, if you feed somebody $4 out of it, all right, it's a blessing. But if you take it and the dude did drugs and I said, you take the 20 and go get drugs. And then is it a blessing or a curse? And so then he went later. He didn't tell me it immediately, but he confessed it. He finally yeah, went and did drugs with it. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, so it, it's yeah. our perception, whether it's a blessing or a curse or how bad yeah. and how yeah. worse things could be. Now, let, let me ask this question here. Let's look here. Uh, pre-car injury. You're going to give me two answers, pre-car injury and after. All right. So not uh, not pre-car injury, but pre-car crash afterwards. Okay. Looking at the old, let's look at the old glass half full of water. Before the injury, how did you view the glass full of water? Oh, great question. Then how did you view it afterwards? Because you talked about you weren't as positive beforehand, and here you're more positive or transformation, transform, more positive. So what were you before and after then? Looking at at the, looking at the, uh, how would you answer someone if they said, here's a glass of water half full, is it half full, half empty? How would you answer Mm -hmm. it? You know, it is such a great question. And I would say, because I'm really, now I'm really thinking about, you know, life pre-car accident. Um, I would say that I was in that fake it till you make it. Sure, that glass is full. Um, But was I not believing it and didn't have the faith behind it? I don't think I always had that. Um, I don't think I knew how to muster that. I didn't have the tools that I, you know, acquired after the fact and the mindset after the fact. So after the fact, and now I would say, well, geez, it's a glass. We can refill it anytime we want. So, <laughs> you know, I at it, it took me a while to, to me to come across my final answer, you know, the, uh, who wants to be a million answer, millionaire, my final answer. You know, beforehand, I would say, you know, half full, trying to be the positive person. But now I, I look at it and I tell people it's over abundantly full. Because if you look at the water, it's half full. Then the rest of the glass is full of air, oxygen for life. And it's overflowing over mm-hmm. top and around the cup. And so I tell them it's abundantly overfilling full. That's beautiful. I love that. And it's true. You know, I mean, the glass is never empty. You can always fill it. That's the thing. You're refilling. You're putting on your oxygen mask. You're, you know, I mean, it's, it's there for you. It's all in your mindset and what you choose to do. So what do you do for your uh, daily mindset practices here? How could you help our audience with some type of uh, mindset practice? Mm-hmm. I really start my days with um, a beautiful mindset practice. And I know that people don't have a lot of time. So it's something I would definitely suggest, you know, find 10 minutes. If you can find 10 minutes for yourself, go in the bathroom, you know, hopefully before you even talk to people, before stuff is coming at you and just center yourself. If you enjoy saying affirmations, say affirmations. If you have a prayer that's close to your heart, say that prayer. What are you grateful for? Give me three things that you're grateful for that are in your life and three things that you're grateful for that, you know, you're bringing into your life. And then ask for healing. 
you know, center yourself. I center myself with God. I center, I do breath work. I actually do quite a bit in the bathroom before, you know, anyone ever really sees me. There's a lot going on in there. I have a little mini exercise routine. I mean, (laughs) but that I'm preparing myself for my day. I'm centering myself. I'm grounding myself so that when I come out, it doesn't matter what starts coming at me. I'm like, I'm good. I'm grounded in myself. I'm grounded in my practice. I know that, you know, I've got, you know, God and my angels by my side and it's all going to work out. So definitely a mindset practice in the morning, being grateful. And if someone's like, well, that sounds like a lot, I'd say, you know what, when you open up your eyes, I just want you to say, thank you. Say, thank you. There you go. And no, go back to my sometimers. I find, I've come back to the, the question here that, um, Oh, what it would one the question what I was gonna say is you're the third person that I've interviewed and I've done over a hundred of them now, and that say that you need to be your own personal advocate for yourself. And the other two even went a little further, said that you need to know your you need to know you better than your own doctor knows you, you know, for you to be this advocate. You know, you know, you don't want to hear from the doctor which you didn't know what's going on. You should already know what's going on with you. So. Yes. Uh, no, I agree with that a hundred percent. It's so important to know yourself. And it's important that if you have a doctor or a practitioner that you're not resonating with that aren't, then you find one that does. Exactly. As, yeah. I mean, again, especially after the last two years, that is so imperative and so important. And, you know, after I had a health crisis a few years ago, I mean, I was blessed to have some amazing specialists around me who understood me and got me on an emotional level. They just weren't looking at me physically. And that's the key. You know, body, mind, it's a true story. They work together. And that's super important. And the more that people can really come and understand that, how that the body and the mind and that everything centers from your heart, how that all really works, the healthier, truly, just getting that mindset everyone can be. And Jan has got a question for you. She says, do you have someone in your life Uh, Now that you consider your spiritual partner. Ooh, great question, Jan. Now, Jan, great question, Jan. Now, is is she um, is she hinting romantic or is she because I have a lot of spiritual family? She just said spiritual partner. She didn't say (laughs) whether that's romantic spiritual or family spiritual or Mm -hmm. you can give us uh, two or three, four Uh uh, examples of it if you want. Uh, However you feel best to answer that. Yeah, I would say I am very grateful for the. Okay, I'm very sorry. I was reading what she was putting up there on the screen. I'm very grateful for the opportunity of the soul family that not only I've been able to pick in life, but that have come across my paths at different times of my journey in life. So um, I do. I have a lot of incredible spiritual partners and and mentors and spiritual family. In, and honestly, they're all over the world, which is I see that. Yeah, not romantic, which is really great um, and really special because you want that and you need that. You need to have those people around you because, you know, the family that you're born into may not get you. You know, they may not get that. And and there's a lot. And I can promise you that that there's a lot of that going on um, in, in my family. So I'm really blessed for those people that, you know, and I don't I don't take that. um the people that that cross my paths, I don't take lightly. You know, I believe everyone crossed our path for a reason. And, you know, for people you, now, should. Now, for a reason 
good or bad. They may oh. not be the best person you've ever met in your life, but they teach you a lesson. Yes. And that's something that's, that's, that's awesome that you said that. I always say that there is a lesson and a blessing in everything. It's all in how you look at it. And so, yes, I do. I have incredible spiritual family that's in Arizona. Um, you know, I've got just incredible spiritual people all around the world that I've met thanks to social media, even though I know I'm not a super big fan of social media. I'm grateful for it for that respect that it's connected me with some amazing empaths around the world and amazing people that I'm able to bring into my community to help and mentor people that have done the same for me and pass that along. So I'm very grateful. I'm not the biggest on the social media itself. I mean, I do have the other accounts, you know, to help promote the show and stuff like that. But uh, mainly I go in and look and see when it's cussed me out or not. And then I'll hop back <laughs> off uh, is what I do. So uh, I don't I don't spend a lot of time on there. So yeah. just again, just enough to promote the shows mm -hmm. and, and move on for me is what I do. So mm -hmm. and uh, go back to where you were talking about uh, spending 10 minutes for yourself. I think that is uh, very important that if you can't make time for your own self, then how are you going to help someone else in the future? You know, uh, for, you know, if you're, if your health is failing and you don't do anything to get it better, you're not going to help anybody else. And so you've got to be able to prepare yourself. And a lot of people, I don't know if they don't think of it a lot or, or, or think of it uh, as equally, you know, they'll work their body out physically because they know they got to stay healthy physically, but then they won't do anything for their mind to keep mm -hmm. it. Well, I don't know physically, but mentally mm -hmm. strong as well. Right. And that goes back to even the philosophy from Pilates that you, you know, it's imperative to balance the body, mind and spirit. And people are taught to and programmed to work what you see but yet go and sit down and maybe have, you know, a, a diet Coke or, or whatever that is. And well, you know, you just negated everything that you did. So it's kind of half-assing it, I say. So it's mm -hmm. either like, if you're going to do it, please do it with your full ass. Don't half-ass it. Like, there let's just go, go for it and let's really get healthy. And I'm not saying like, hey, I'm not perfect. I'm an 80-20 person. I have my vices. Everyone does. And you should, right? You should enjoy everything. It is imperative to take care of yourself, though. If you're setting up your day and you're the mom, you're the dad, you're the caretaker, when you set up your mental state and you feel good and grounded in your body, you are good to go. And then on top of that, if you can eat something healthy, well, good golly, you're amazing. And if you can take yourself for a walk, that's great. I mean, we're not asking for, you know, a lot. We're just asking for you to love yourself like you love others. And you know, that's something that we need to continue to spread that more and more because we were not, not many of us were brought up that way. We were brought up to work hard, play hard, and then you die hard. Basically, you know, you, you have this nine to five job, you did it. And we were, we were not brought to this earth to just work nine to five jobs. That's not why any of us are here. So the moment that someone can get an inkling of light to see there's more to life, well, we want to help them, you know, to turn on that floodlight to see it all because there's so much more to life. Now, you're touching on the question I was going to bring up about the benefits of training with Pilates. We'll come back to that if you want to go a little deeper. But I want to I want to say that with, uh, my sometimer is kicking in again. You, you say so much and I pop into something and then you keep going and then I 
Good stuff. All right. So while you're going a little deeper on your Pilates, I'll come back to the, uh, if, if my sometimes let me come back to it and then we'll go. So if you want to go a little deeper sure. with the training with Pilates and benefits. Yeah. You, so I mean, Pilates, you, were touch, you were touching into that. So. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Pil you know, Pilates is wonderful. And everyone's heard my story. So, obviously, it's great for rehabilitative care. There isn't anything that Pilates or anyone that Pilates is not good for. You know, when you're in that environment, you are working your body, mind, and spirit. You are connecting your mind to your body so that unlike what things that we've mentioned that we're, we've talked about, we want to see, we want to work the abs we can see, right? That's why everyone's going to the gym. In Pilates, that's not what it's about. For us, we're working your innermost muscles. So your outermost muscles are automatically working. Hello, two for the price of one. I, I mean, who doesn't want a little extra added bonus in their workout? And when you go that deep, and when you begin working from your core, which is what we do in Pilates, and we work from your core outward, we're realigning you from head to toe. So you're going into a situation where you have a 50-minute session, and you're literally working from head to toe in an hour. You're stretching, you're strengthening, and you're lengthening your body. And then once you leave, your body is still burning fat for 24 hours. There are very few exercises techniques, even to this day that can say that. And the other thing that I love is that Joseph Pilates had this guarantee that, that he always gave with his clients. And it was, you know, in 10 sessions, you're going to feel better in 20 sessions. You're going to begin to see results. And in 30 sessions, you will have a new body. And that is truer than true. You know, I have clients who after our third session, they're getting up and they're walking taller. You know, when you have a client that's consistently with you that was in pain, that's no longer in pain, you know, that's amazing. I've helped people to not have to have knee replacement surgeries. I mean, there are so many benefits. I've had women, you know, that I've been training and they're in their last trimester and pregnant with twins. And I'm saying, oh my gosh, I really think we should just take a moment. And they're like, no, we will work out. <laughs> you know, we're going, so to, we're going to do this. So, you know, it, it's, you know, it's wonderful. And when you are in Pilates, you know, you quiet the mind. And your mind really does connect with your body. And there's, I find there's very few things in this world that we can do that force us to be present where we really can be present. Pilates for me is one of them. Yoga is one of them. Skiing. Oh my gosh. Skiing is so quiet and beautiful. I love hearing the wind. Golf, you know, and I'm sure other people, swimming, I'm sure other people, but those are the things for me that like, I'm really quiet and I'm really present and I'm truly in the moment, which is very difficult for all of us, right? We always have these thoughts letting in. Um, and so being able to just be in that moment and with Pilates, there is machine work. There is just floor work on the mat. So there's no excuse to say, oh, well, I can't. There's plenty of virtual work now. There's plenty of in-studio work. And it's a great sense of community. And again, it's, you know, it's not an alternative practice anymore. It's so, you know, out there, which when I started, oh my gosh, I remember when I first went back to Cape, Cape Cod, people didn't even, hadn't even heard of it. You know, it was very new. It was, it was a big deal when, when I had first found it. And now it's, it's very mainstream, which is wonderful. And I'd love to see everyone experience that and to have that benefit. You know, a lot of people also, they want to work out and they want to get healthy, but they don't want to work out, Right. They don't want to, they don't want to sweat. 
They don't want to feel pain. They want it to be quick, <laughs> you know. And the cool thing about Pilates, you know, you can get all of that. You know, you could have, I can have an NHL hockey player in here on the equipment sweating like crazy. And I can bring in an amazing, beautiful 75-year-old woman and we're doing the same work, completely different. And she's never, you know, she's never, you know, she's not dropping a thing, a lick of sweat. And she's receiving the same benefits. You know, it really is an incredible practice. And when you go back and you look, if anyone ever goes and looks up Joe, you know, he'll say he was 50 years ahead of his time. And he truly, truly was. And even now, you know, there are a lot of studios out there. And I always encourage people, particularly if you have any ailments, if you have bulging disc, if you've got something going on, you want to search out the right studio with the right instructor that has that specialty. You don't want to just go, you know, and go through the drive-through of Pilates. You really, and there's plenty of really incredible instructors out there. And if anyone needs help, please reach out to me. If it's something that they want, I will happily research and refer. I know so many people, you know, around the world, trainers that I will happily refer anyone. You know, I think that's important. It's important to share that information. And if that's something that someone truly desires, I want to make sure they can get it. And find the right person for them. Mm -hmm. So, hey, now go back to my sum timers. It kicked in again or kicked out, whichever. Uh, you you mentioned about that uh, we need to be able to love ourselves like we love others. And so that's a different topic in itself because I've mentioned this before and other uh, people or other guests. And it's um, we are so much more critical on ourselves than we think the next person beside us talking about us. You know, whatever we're doing, somebody may say, well, you're wasting your time. Don't do it. Why would you want to waste your time? Do that. It's going to cost you too much money. Why would you want to do that? And then we want to blame them for not going and trying to do things to benefit ourselves. When truly it's us that talked ourselves out of it for because we're so hard on ourselves. And, and again, I go back. I, one topic I talk uh, quite a bit about is we look too much. In the, in the past and not so much on today in the future. And we want to, I can't do this because I got a DUI 40 years ago. I can't do this because I spent time in jail 50 years ago. I can't do that because mm -hmm. last week I stumped my toe, you know? So uh, we're so much critical on ourselves, but we want to be the forgiving, giving person to others. But like you said, we need to be able to love ourselves as much and better than we do the other people. Mm -hmm. And I find that the moment when we fall in love with ourselves, which is important, and that usually takes a lot of practice and a lot of time and a lot of healing and working on, on your stuff, right? Which always, growth is not comfortable. Working through stuff is not comfortable. But when you can really be good with being by yourself and you really love yourself, you love yourself enough to treat you to whatever it may be, right? Your favorite holiday drink, your favorite sweater that you're like, you know what? I deserve that. Not, well, maybe not today, maybe next year. No, you deserve it. You deserve love. When you have that self-love and that self-worth, the amount of abundance and love that begins pouring in is like the most beautiful thing in the world. And it there takes a go. long time, right? It's a lot of work, right? And we're all a work in progress. 
You know, uh, Picasso wasn't an amazing artist overnight. And But when you just get that first glimmer of when you find yourself and you love yourself and you're like, I just love being with myself. And I remember the first time my mom ever said to me, she's like, you're totally fine alone. Like, you don't need anyone. And I was like, no, I don't. I love being with myself. I'm a pretty fun person. <laughs> like, There you go. Me, myself, and I, and I, I, believe- I have, have a good time. <laughs> and, I be- and I believe that you are a fun person just listening to you and, and communicating with you in this last uh, 30 minutes or so plus, uh, 40 minutes. So, all right, uh, we're going to get ready to wrap this up. Jan, she says, Jennifer, your gifts are going to help so many people. Thank God for choosing you for him to work through. And so... Jan's, uh, Jan's, Jan's a good one. Now, when she mentions the uh, talks, this the people stop and listen to her. So, thank you, Jan. You're bringing tears to my eyes. That's very kind of you. I feel there's very no blessed. crying on this show. I know. Oh, wait I know. Oh, wait They're happy no, tears. They're happy no, I'm, tears. I'm, again, I'm kidding. <laughs> we we share tears sometimes on here. That's okay. So, it was I, very. I'm just, think, I'm just thinking of you. Remember the. Uh, Show uh, all with the women baseball players and Tom Hanks in there. There is no crying in baseball, so, right? <laughs> so, all right. Uh, hey, Jennifer. Hey, uh, thank you for uh, coming on and sharing. And I know we're cutting it uh, pretty quick here, like this. But hey, give us some of your your social media, website, how people can find, how they can communicate if they wanted to get with you, email or something. Yeah. And I'll and I'll definitely put this in the show notes as well. But go ahead and for the ones that are listening. Great. Thank you. Yes, you can always find me at jenniferpilates.com. You can access all of my works, my Pilates training, my intuitive readings and coachings there, as well as um, my podcast, The Empowered Within, is all there. If you are an Instagrammer, you can find me at the Jennifer Pilates. And on Facebook, I am Jennifer Pilates. So pretty much if you just Google Jennifer Pilates, I will be there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's what I tell people. Do the old Googling and you'll find the person mm-hmm. by name in most yeah. places. Yeah. So. And I'd love to connect. And if there's anything that I can help anyone with or if anyone has questions, I would love to serve and be of help. There we go. And I believe that of you. So what if we've met of you that uh, you're a real, real, real helping, serving person. So we appreciate the, uh, sorry you had your car accident, but, uh, from what I could tell, and because I didn't know you beforehand, I like the person I've met uh, since then. So, and appreciate you coming on. Now, one last thing, Jennifer, I ask people to, um, we know people are hurting and suffering today. And if you can give us a powerful message to help them get through today. Mm-hmm. Center. And if you can do one thing for yourself each and every day, I'd like you to have grace for yourself and know that you are exactly where you're supposed to be at this moment in time. There you go. We allow that crying this time happen. So yes, everybody, you're here for a reason, here for a purpose. You found this podcast for whatever reason. It was given to you, thrown to you, accidentally Mm -hmm. found it. However you found it, you're listening. Um, Hopefully you're benefiting from it as well. Uh, You're going to find some little nugget that you know you can grab and hold on to. So Jennifer, thank you for coming on. Hey, everyone else, uh, on the replay and everything, be sure to uh, find Jennifer. She will help you as much as she can. And go from there. Jan, thank you for coming in. 
Everybody else, do something today, tomorrow, something next week, because I am the Professor of Perseverance, Dr. James Purdue. Thank you for coming on to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. But do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Purdue, Professor of Perseverance.